do that again. Smoking Gun <laughs> Podcast. It is a cool song. But... It. <laughs> it is. No, it is. Um, I'm getting to where I want to listen to it all the way through because there's a whole back half of the theme song that for years we haven't heard. We've always used that front part of the song. And then as we moved over to this new platform, uh, we started hearing the end of it. And I'm like, the end of it is just as good. I like uh, it. Smoking Guns podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That's all inclusive. It includes the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, as well as the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL, and anything else we want to talk about when it comes to pro football. I mean, we talk about some NFL stuff. We're going to talk about an XFL championship game today a lot. Uh, and that's got something to do with the Brahmas, sort of, but it happened in San Antonio. So we're going to, we all three were there. We're going to talk about that some. Uh, I am Philip Higginbottom. I'm one of your hosts for the Smoking Guns podcast. I am joined, as always, by my friends. I always start with Leo. I'm going to start with RC this time. RC, all right. Hello, beautiful people. Really, ambassadors to of San Antonio of the XFL this weekend because sure. I think we did a great, amazing job promoting San Antonio to all of the fans coming from DC, coming from Arlington, coming literally from all parts of San Antonio and even other parts of the country. I knew that I, I know that we met someone from I think um, Detroit, and I go, so what team are you going for? He goes. I don't really care. I just came here for football for the XFL. I'm like, you came all the way from Detroit? And he's like, yeah. So really, ambassadors, we did a great job. That is great. We will That's talk back. all about uh, the XFL championship game uh, and some of the XFL news because there's even news coming out today um, about some of these players that we know and we love that are signing contracts. We're going to talk about all of that in the second hour. We're going to do all of our XFL coverage back in the back half. In the front half of our show, uh, for for the rest of the season, though, we're talking about San Antonio Gunslingers football in the NAL. Why? Because they're 4-0. Because right. they are the dominant team in the National Arena League. They were on a bye week this week, mm -hmm. and they still looked really good. I mean, they gave the bye week hell um, and, and came out of, of the bye week with a win. We've got Coach Fred Shaw coming up in a few minutes. He's going to bring some players maybe with him. Uh, they are at practice right now. So normally we record on Mondays this week. We talked about recording on Tuesday. In fact, if you are a, uh, constant listener to the show, you will know that we said we were going to record on Tuesday. And then like Friday afternoon, I got a piece of mail from my kid's school that said, Hey, Tuesday night, we're doing our fifth grade graduation. Uh, <laughs> and my youngest daughter is in fifth grade. And I'm like, well, I love the smoking guns podcast. But I can't do a Smoking Guns podcast and miss my daughter's fifth grade graduation. So we bumped back to Monday, which is a night that they do not usually practice on. So I was like, sweet, we'll get coach, we'll get players. I reached out to him and he goes, no, we're practicing that night. We need to get ready. We've been on a bye week and we need an extra day of practice this week. So we're out of practice that night, but we'll give you a call um, and we'll connect with you guys and talk with you for a few minutes. So he's coming, Coach Fred Shaw. He's bringing a player with him or two. Um, and go. so we'll talk to them in a few minutes. But they very are cool. getting ready for the very first. Oh, I, I introed RC, but then Leo, uh, if you were watching <laughs> on the stream, 
he skipped out on me during the intros. He had to go check on something. Uh, Leo Yamas, uh, another one of our co-hosts. How you doing, Leo? I'm doing good. Sorry, man. Uh, what's up, uh, Smoking Guns Posse? Uh, I had to step out. There was like this a, a very strange, loud noise that like a, <laughs> that happened just outside my house um, that made that had me a little concerned. I just had to go check real quick, but but we're all good, and I'm back. Folks checking in with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, but you can't converse with us if you're watching live on Twitter. So if you're wanting to talk with us, swing over to YouTube, swing over to Facebook. Mo Ferrante checking in. What's up, Smoking Guns crew? Hi, Mo. Hi, Mo. Hey, you found it. We we had a whole conversation a few minutes ago, Mo and I did, about like when? Is it today? Is it tomorrow? Is it 316 or 516? Um, something she was reading or I put out there was... Not right. Uh, Cody Brooks checking in. Man, you're supposed to be practicing right now. The manimal. And James Painter also checking in. Hi, James. Guns up. Mo said, oh, my God, I was reading the numbers all kinds of crazy. Happens to me all the time. Uh, Happens to me all the time. So let's talk a little bit about Gunslingers football. We'll get to all the XFL stuff. It was a great time at the championship game, and we want to talk about all of that. But we want to talk about the Gunslingers because this week begins a rivalry that I think is going to become a big deal. The Texas showdown. It may not become a big deal this year. And the reason I say that is the San Antonio gunslingers are the dominant team in the X in in the NFL right now. AL right now. The Warbirds are a, an expansion team and they're just getting started, but that doesn't mean you can write them off and be like, okay, well they're then the gunslingers are five and oh, because this is very much, uh, what what we call it around football and around sports as a, as a whole as what, Leo? What can this be? This could be a trap game, don't you think? Oh, yeah, the trap game for sure. Um, if if you're, you know, looking past somebody, you're not ready, you're, you're not there to play a game, but we expect better from our gunslingers this season. Coach Fred Shaw, all those guys over there at the Gunslingers have had a mantra all season long. It's really been something that has been in the background for um, Coach Fred Shaw's, both of Coach Fred Shaw's seasons, to the point that if I order a custom Gunslinger jersey at this point going forward with my name on it, I never have a number that I pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, 11 is like the number I put on my jerseys because Danny White was number 11. He was my favorite quarterback when I was growing up. I think I'm going to start putting 10 on it because 10 is one and oh, and, and that is the that is the goal every week is to be one and oh, and that's something Fred Shaw has put out there on social media all year long. The goal every week is one and oh, we're not worried about what's happened in the past, we're not worried about what's going to happen down the line. It's all about being one and oh. I like that. I might even do that too, but I would like one dash and then zero. Let's not put like- symbols on jerseys. <laughs> People are watching right now, and they're seeing my poo-poo face. They're watching on Facebook. They're they're seeing the stink face. And and for the those that don't, you got to tell the story now. Yeah, you brought it up. You've got to tell the story. Yeah, let's let's not let's not put symbols on jerseys. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, uh, Philip. Hopefully, you don't get a one dot o one point o. But everybody nope. that follows our show knows how long I have been asking for uh, a Khalil Rashad jersey. 
how long I, I've been saying, sell me this man's jersey, please. Then we had the custom option available before this season. And yep. I was like, here we go. I can finally have a, a Kali Rashad jersey. I even reached out to the man and said, I want my jersey to be as official looking as possible. Is the nameplate on your jersey going to read Rashad, um, Rashad or Rashad Sr.? Because I believe last season I saw Rashad Sr. And he said, yes, you're right. Um, it was only that way on – I don't remember if he said it was the home or the away jersey, but that this season it was going to be on both. So I requested my custom uh, Kali Rashad Sr. jersey with the number five um, and patiently waited, and I was very excited for it. And then I got the phone call. Your jersey will be available at the uh, watch party this week and i was like yes finally so i ordered one for me one for lolis we get there lolis opens her, hers first it looks great uh rashad senior on the back number five everything good then i open mine rashad senior is good um and for some reason i have a decimal point nice and big on the back <laughs> of my jersey so that point it's five. Point 0.5 and i'm like um why is there a decimal on my jersey? It wasn't on the front. It wasn't on the sleeves. It wasn't on the back. Lolis's, she's got the big smile in the in the Facebook chat. Lolis's was exactly what what we ordered, and they I ordered them the same way. And so I was confused as all get out why I had a a decimal on my jersey. Comes to turn out, someone saw me sitting. <laughs> a couple tables down and another nice lady. And she comes over and she says, Oh, I noticed you have a decimal on your Jersey. And I said, yes, yes, I do. And, <laughs> and she said, "Matter of fact, well, that's probably my fault. And I said, Oh, and I, I didn't understand, but uh, they have some kind of a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons group her and her husband that they do. And they run and, and it was cool. Cool idea. They had uh, dungeons on the back of one dragon on the nameplate and dragons on the other. And then uh, I forget what one jersey number and the other one was 0.5. And it has some significance to their Dungeons & Dragons group. Right. That's cool. Mix your fandoms all you want. I, I think that's awesome. But when they were creating our jerseys, obviously, some way, somehow, the printing of the back got the, the decimal five from the other order onto mine. Um, and then someone speculated, well, maybe they meant to put the, the period after senior and it somehow ended down. They hit the inner key or something. Like it fell? Yeah. And I said, nope, because Elite, uh, Lolis is, was was exactly the way it was uh, supposed to be. And um, there you go, James. Uh, he says one was three and 0.5 on the other. Um, and so, yeah, I got a decimal, a 0.5 on my Kali Rashad jersey, who is number five. So I was Whoa. I was hugely disappointed by this. And yes, he was. It's 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 not the gunslinger's fault, you know. They 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 do this uh and they're gonna uh, fix it. You got yeah, it. And they'll fix and say, it, hey. they'll fix it. It's just I've been waiting so long for this, and and so I was yeah. I was I was pretty disappointed by it. Well, I, speaking of honest. some of our favorite <laughs> gunslingers, uh I'm gonna bring them in right now because we got Coach Fred Shaw and he's got some folks with you. Who you got with you, Coach? Hello. I got Coach Rich and your quarterback one. All right. Arvell right. Melton. How you Our guys Bell. doing? Oh, we're pretty good, man. We're blessed. So you guys are practicing on a Monday night. That's not usual, is it? 
but we had a bye week, so we got to get our uh, uh, our work in, and uh, that's what we're doing right now. We're just getting started. Uh, we just ended the meetings, and uh, we're looking forward to West Texas this week. So we were just talking about the fact that you guys have been dominant in the NAL so far this this season. You're 4-0. and uh, You're really kind of running things each of those games. You're getting stronger uh, as the season goes on. But then West Texas, who is an expansion team and has been struggling some, uh, this is a game that for some teams would set up very much like a trap game uh, where you're on a mountaintop and they're down in the valley and you could potentially look past them but we don't have to worry about that with the gunslingers, right? No, I wouldn't uh, necessarily worry about it with the gunslingers. Um, we're very mindful of where we're going. Um, the West Texas team, they're, uh, they come from a league that they've been dominating for years. So mm-hmm. there's no reason for us to take them lightly at all. Um, they have some pretty good players. Um, we're not taking them lightly at all. We're taking them for what they are. And um, coming into this year, they were champions. So. We're expecting to see that, and we're going to bring it uh, like we're playing in a championship game. Want to know? And you're going to see somebody new uh, at quarterback for the West Texas Warbirds. They signed Mitch Kidd. He is a fan control football kind of star. He was uh, actually the MVP in 2022, fan control football, which is that I think it's a gimmicky kind of indoor league, but uh, the skills are going to translate on some level. Um, how do you prep for a guy like Mitch Kidd that you don't have a whole lot of film on and what you do have is in a different kind of style of game? How do you guys prep for him? Well, we just uh, worry about ourselves. Uh, it's nobody can beat us but ourselves, and uh, we, we dominate each week. Uh, we're not concerned of who's the quarterback. Uh, these guys are going to have to come play, and they're going to have to come play hard. Uh, so it's nothing going to be easy, and uh, we're going to be ready for whoever's at uh, the quarterback position. I like it. Arvell, uh, I know that some folks in the around the NAL media have given you a little bit of a hard time about one interception per game. I've, I've already heard that story from a couple of different guys in the NAL media. Uh, you had a game two weeks ago, uh, just before the bye, uh, that was without your interception. Uh, let's do that again, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the goal. That's the goal. We don't go into any <laughs> game expecting to throw an interception. Sometimes no. But um, you know, we just want to execute what we can execute. We fine tuning the small things. Um and ex- that's the goal to execute. Arvel, you've been around indoor football for a career. Um, and you have been around teams in the NAL. What is it about this team uh that you are seeing that you are part of this year? Uh, that looks different than some of the other situations that you've been in? This team is um, egoless. Nobody has an ego on this team. No no one um, comes in thinking they're the man or got a big head of, of any sort. Um, everybody got one goal. Uh, Coach Fred, he, he stamped that 1-0 goal each week, and, and that's the goal. No matter what the game is, how it's going throughout the, the, the course of the game, everybody still got the same mindset. So um, that makes this group special. Like I said uh, just previously, we're going to fine-tune the small things and, you know, try to score on every possession. Excellent. Leo, what you got? Yeah, so um, this, coming this weekend, what, Coach, what are you going to – what are you uh, 
as far as getting the players ready for this road trip, I imagine it's it's you guys are, are driving up on on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So bus trip. Are 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 they kind of pumped up about this whole Texas thing? And I, I remember at the beginning of the season, the other the other Texas team, you know, they're they're talking about how they were going to be, you know, the the toast of of the state for for the NAL. So is there is there a little a bit of extra bulletin board material that these guys are are ready? Uh, zero. We're not concerned with those guys at all. Honestly, we just uh, concerned those who's on the schedule. The next game's up. So it's West Texas. And uh, the thing about it, we're just going to come and uh, just going to go play hard and hopefully we come out on top. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask Garvel, what do you think of the fans here in San Antonio? I love them. Um, they've been receptive to me. Um, showed me nothing but love since I've been here. So, you know, I love every fan that come out. Hopefully next home game we get we pack that place out eight thousand, you know put that word out there we looking for eight thousand next game. Eight thousand. Let me write that down so I can start. Let's um, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that next game is May twenty eighth in mm-hmm. the uh, Freeman Coliseum. You guys are actually going to be back home for uh, most of the games in the back half of this schedule. How how does it feel? I mean. You guys go out, you're 4-0, even if you end up being 4-1, which is not going to happen. But you have really uh, taken this front part of your schedule that was a majority of it being on the road uh, and racked up a lot of wins. Now you get to come home uh, here in a couple of weeks and spend some stretches at home. Um, How ready are you guys to be back in your own place with your own fans, uh, not having to take a bus trip or a flight to get to a game? Um, I'm going to call it honestly a blessing. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people thought we had one of the toughest schedules, um, in the whole league. And I agree, but I also agree that it it created a situation where we're sharpening ourselves up. So coming down the home stretch to be able to come home and be able to be here for seven days of the week, man, it just gives our guys more time to rest and fine tune things. And, you know, we'll be able to get in our stadium and start doing things in there. um, and enjoying our own building. Um, there's nothing better than being in your home stadium. But, you know, like I say, and Coach said, we're uh, focused on West Texas right now. Um, the home game right. will be later in life. So mm-hmm. we got to take it one step at a time. And we're going to go up there and try to make their house our house. Ralph Judkins is the uh, voice of the Gunslingers, at least on the broadcast. He has a question about Philip Barnett. How did Philip Barnett end up as the deep snapper? He's been working there and he's been solid there. How did that end up happening? He's just a playmaker. Uh, first day of camp last year, he was like, uh, yeah, I can snap, deep snap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. And uh, he's been there ever since. So he's amazing at it. But that's a testament Everybody to who- this team think. This team is willing to do whatever it takes to win. You know, so a guy like Phil, who is one of our top receivers, you know, voluntarily said, I want a long snap. So, you know, that's a te- that's championship DNA. And let, and let me chime in on that, too, because he's so – special when it comes to his talent and offering his services to us it makes it easier for us when it comes to substitutions because as a snapper he can't get touched Mm -hmm. so i would rather him snapping the ball effectively than having to block one of these big guys coming off the edge Mm -hmm. so it actually works out for us as a strength this year the nal put a rule in effect last year we dealt with uh substitutions this year they gave you a lineman uh that you can shuttle in and out between offense and defense uh how has that helped you guys uh, on the coaching side of things to be able to to tailor that line 
to the offensive and defensive line? I know for me personally, it's beautiful because now we can OSR center and he don't have to go both ways. You know, that, that, that preserves right. energy throughout four quarters. So it's a blessing for me. And these guys just want to uh, be on the field. So uh, we can uh, OS any lineman that we want to, and those guys are going to go out there and uh, bust their tails. So uh, we're really not concerned about the OS uh, or the DS, honestly, because we got players that can play each position. I love it. I, <laughs> say, I know that um, with the NAL last year, that refs kind of interfered with the game in the sense that it, they would come together and it took a long time to call the, the penalties or the, or the things. So what do you feel about the um, the the timing of the game? Do you think it's better now with all of that interference? I really couldn't hear what you said. Oh, Can you repeat what you oh, said to me? Really sure. I was just talking about how the refs in the past, they would take a long time to determine like the different calls. And so now it feels like the speed is a little bit faster in the game. Do you feel that also? Um. I do kind of feel it, but honestly, I think it works out for the better of the league um, because they give everything faster. That gives us a little bit more time to register what they're saying. And if we want to make any adjustments or we want to challenge a call, that gives us time to really think about it. The longer that they wait, that that that, that creates a situation where we can get to the next play. And sometimes you don't want to get to the next play. You want to look up at the screen. You want to see the replay and you want to make adjustments in case you want to make a challenge. Yeah, guys. So last week uh, on our show, Philip and I, we were we were discussing this one and zero mentality week by week, and 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 how that has translated on the field. It's it's very evident, you know, the way the team is approaching business this season, and you've had a lot of success. Um, now, some of those wins, as we've heard over and over again over the first few weeks, oh, it's only by one point. You know, they've struggled to to actually put teams away. But like we've talked before, I know Coach Shaw, we've mentioned before, a win is a win. doesn't matter if it's by one or if it's by 20. Uh, the the whole goal each and every week is to get that that W in the in the uh, win-loss column. Um, last week, you guys came away with that win in Fayetteville, in Fayetteville and, and a lot of people were expecting that to be what well, was called the game of the week, and they were expecting that to be uh, a big challenge. Uh, for you guys, and you came away with score-wise your most convincing win. But Philip and I actually talking about it last week said that that might have been the gunslingers as a whole, um, maybe weakest. I don't want to say weakest, but not as as uh, as strong a performance as as maybe what we expect from the team. And you still came away with that win in, in convincing fashion. Uh, what what was your take on on that guys moving forward and and also uh, the work you're putting in to to kind of tighten some of those things up? Um, like Coach always speaks, it's a one and no thing. So we were really focused on them and um, going into their environment that was a weird environment because of the type of situation that they have in their stadium. But uh, you know it was us versus them, and we did let them hang around for a little bit, but. You know, for us to turn that switch on in the fourth quarter and score points and them score none, that was very special to us, for us. And it also gave us things to fine tune going into the next week. Um, and apparently uh, going into last week, a Fayetteville had the number one offense in the league scoring wise, averaging uh, 50 plus a game. So with us holding them to a little bit of nothing, um, I'm proud of our guys. Um, 
even though we did have a lot to fine tune, um, I'm happy that we were able to make it out of there one and up. See, I no. think I know what it was. I think it was the color of the field. It was horrible. Yeah. I didn't like the sand color. You know yeah. what I mean? If they go but with those, the right color, then I think we have a good game. Yeah, but those guys, uh, they're playmakers too. They have playmakers on their team. So uh, we wasn't going to walk in the arena and just uh, blow them out because those guys get uh, paid too as well. And uh, each week is going to be a battle for us. Uh, we're 4-0. Uh, it's 1-0 each week. These guys are going to come for us. So uh, we prepared for it and we're ready for it. So it'll be okay. And this week we have the watch party starting at 7 at um, Alamo Beer. Now, when we're here in San Antonio, what could we do as fans to help you, um, I guess, know that we're behind you? Like, if we could find out, like, when maybe you're leaving on the plane or on the bus, maybe we can cheer you on. Or even when you guys come back, is there any way to communicate that with us so maybe we can show you our love? Well, for, as of right now, you guys are doing a lovely job of uh, uh, representing the Gunslingers. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, the podcast, uh, the the watch parties, uh, even, you know, the guys that uh, travel with us on a game day. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, keep up the good work. One well, and Thank up. you. One and up. <laughs> well, Coach, I know that uh, you've got to get back to work. You guys are done with meetings, but I'm sure that's not the end of your day. Uh, you got more to prepare for. One and oh in West Texas. That's the goal. Um, go out there and and show them what gunslinger football is all about, Coach. Guns up. Thank you for everything that Guns you up. do. Thank we you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank Good you. Luck Appreciate having you guys on. Excellent. Uh, excellent. I, I, I love the coach that Fred Shaw has become. Uh, we've talked about this before on the show. It's not a surprise. Early on in Fred Shaw's first season last year, I wasn't sure. Um, I had my misgivings. Man, every time I talk to him lately, whether that's here on the show or offline as we discuss uh, getting ready for the show or just, uh, you know, NAL stuff, um, I am impressed with the way that he is conducting himself and handling himself. I see some comments out there on social media about him at games and how he uh, tra trash talks uh, other fans in the stadiums and other teams. Man, he's a passionate guy. Mm -hmm. He enjoys the game. And he's not going to stand there and let fans trash talk him without turning around and giving them a little something. I'm okay with that. I'm um, if, if you're going to start it, be prepared to finish it. And Coach Shaw is prepared to to get now if it becomes a distraction to the game, which I don't think he, he's he's letting no. it do that. Um, then it's a problem. But every time we win a game, and part of it is just sour grapes. But every time mm -hmm. we've won a game this season, I've seen a post pop up in one of the NAL boards about oh, that coach needs to watch his mouth, or that coach sure gets chippy, or that coach man. Don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. You know? Yeah. He He's doing his job. He's out there battling. You know, he's a former player. Mm -hmm. um, he's competitive as, as, as anyone can be. And, and so he's out there doing what he thinks he needs to do to make sure that he's putting his guys in the best situation to win. And sometimes that's getting in the rest faces. And sometimes that's coming off a, a little bit out of the, away from the, uh, the dasher boards maybe a little bit further than, than he's supposed to be. But uh, yeah, he's, he's out there doing his job. He's not a distraction by any means. Like you said, Philip, 
Um, he's uh, you can see a lot more confidence in the way he coaches and his presence out there, knowing yes. that he's familiar with the rules. He's familiar with uh, what's going on on the field. And uh, and when he has an argument to present to the refs, I mean, so far in the ones that have been uh, where he's challenged or there's been discussions, he's been right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody should have a problem with that, except like you said, the ones that sour grapes. Yeah. Well, and RC, you brought up this uh, idea of the, the referees. I think we would be doing a bad job as fans or as media, which we're media in the NAL. The XFL may not think of us that way all the time, <laughs> but the NAL certainly does. Uh, sure. I have a vote in the media poll every year, uh, every week. Uh, Leo, you probably would too, if you reached out for one. Uh, they're on the Discord. Heck, RC, we can get you tapped into that as well. But uh, we're media here yeah. in the NAL. And uh, I have um, I have been impressed. I don't remember where I was going with any of that. Well, I, you know, my point was, oh, you know, the RC, referees. you were talking the about the referees. Yes. yes. And I don't know so if the... I explained the question accurately, but what I was trying to get is like, what do you feel like? the speed, the tone of the game is different because of the ref. Michael Wayne Davis says it better than I was trying to say it. The ref situation this year has been a thousand times better than last year. And he's Thank right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Yes. That's what I was trying to say, but like the words weren't coming out. So I apologize. And that is actually across the board because I've been watching all of, all of the NAL games, at least part of all of the NAL games and across the league, the officiating in this league is better this year than it was last year. And that's all you can ask of them is right, that exactly. they improve and they have improved. Um, I don't know what's different at the league level, uh, but something is because it is, it is taking place across the leagues. It doesn't mean that they don't miss calls. Sometimes that doesn't mean they don't have to gather together. I do get, I get so tired of flags on every play and sometimes it gets that way, but that's true of football. Um, sometimes you just get into this, cycle of flags and and it happens uh james palmer also saying the speed of the games have been a lot yep. better this year they yeah, absolutely have all the way yeah. across the board um do you remember that I, first year when we were in that other league but i bought those yellow towels because there were so yes. many penalties we were all just shaking them you know so what I, we don't my, have to do that one of my absolute favorite jokes from the aal days was when I said that they needed to change their logo for the AAL into four referees in a huddle, because that's what you <laughs> saw more than football uh, was four referees standing in a huddle trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, James Palmer points to something specific that might be helping. They now have a person coming from the league, an extra official that deals with substitutions. That is his whole job is letting coaches know, letting players know, and tracking the substitutions. Um, and that has helped speed up things on that end a lot because with this Ironman rule, substitutions becomes a real difficult kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and point. so that has certainly helped. That's a good point. Yeah. On I the, on I the... a little bit more about the, the other coach because I know, I feel like um, we know Coach Shaw and things that, you know, he's really wants for us to like promote like the one to know and one game at a time. But the new coach, I wish we would have talked to him a little bit more just to get more of his perspective and his goals, you know, for the team being that this is his first year, sure. or maybe next time. 
Yeah, Coach Rich, um, his first year with the Gunslingers, certainly not first year coaching. Um, right. He's got a lot of experience. And and, and I know, uh, you know, uh, when we talked earlier with Coach Shaw about bringing him on, he was very excited to add him to his uh, his uh, coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely uh, Coach Rich is a valuable asset, asset to the team. I wanted to touch on the uh, the yellow flags uh, again, uh, attesting to the improvement of the officiating. I know at the home game when we had um, Greg Nelson actually remembered to bring his as a carryover <laughs> from last season and had his yellow flag with him, but didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to actually wave that thing and use it. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, – I think it's a great tradition for us to bring those things and have our yellow towels to – to swing around, but we may not, we may not need them as much. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this West Texas game and let's talk about something that I am really excited about, even though I may not utilize it. I think there are fans out there. One particularly jumps to mind. I don't know if he'll jump in if he's watching with us right now or he'll watch later. I know that he watches or listens to almost every show. Alex McSwain was talking the other day about taking a trip out to Odessa. Mm -hmm. If you're one of those folks that are like, man, maybe I want to drive out there, but I don't want to drive out there and drive back in the same day. If I could stay out there for a decent price, maybe I would go to the game and support my gunslingers. The gunslingers have figured something out for you, have taken care of that. Um, running along the bottom of the screen right now, and I'll give the information out if you're listening, uh, the gunslingers are headed out to Odessa. You can now go to... Uh, they have secured a block of rooms in the Holiday Inn Express and Suites for $89 a room if you mention the gunslingers when you call in reserve. Um, $89 for a hotel room is a steal. Amazing. I don't know if you tried to book a, a hotel room lately, but $89 is a thing. Um, that's a heck of a deal. And you can split it with a couple of people oh, if true. you want to. Um, and, and bring that down a little bit. If you want to take a couple of your friends, head out there for the weekend, catch the game, stay overnight, come back on Sunday, just make a weekend out of it. 89 bucks, you can get your room. Uh, the Holiday Inn Express uh, and Suites is area code 432-362-6800. Tell them that you're with the Gunslingers. You can get in that block of rooms and you can be a part of that. Look, uh, that is something the Gunslingers set up. Yep. That is... That is awesome. That is incredible. But what I think is really interesting about it is so many things that the gunslingers have done in the past that are great fan stuff for the is stuff that they're asked about. Hey, could we do something like this? And they go, well, let's look into that. And both that was both in the OG three days when they could. That's also been in this uh, this new era of ownership. This is one of the one of the most. Um, glaring times to me that ownership has stepped up and put something together and said, hey, we want to just do this for the fans. Nobody was really asking for it, at least not as far as I know. Nobody mentioned this to me until they emailed me today and said, hey, we're doing this. Make sure you guys mention it on the show. Um, but they know that it's close enough that, hey, some fans may want to go out there. Let's let's see if we can get a block of rooms and, and uh, give the fans an opportunity to come out this is a five-hour drive. It's not, not something you're going to do in a day. You're not going to drive out there, watch a football game, have a beer, have a couple of beers at the football game in West Texas, 
and then get in the car and drive back from a game that ends at 11 o'clock. Yeah, what do you recommend it? Yeah, don't do that. Um, oh, James Palmer said, hey, fans, we're, we're mentioning this at the, at the uh, watch party for April, uh, to April. That's great. That's great. Um, they're listening and, to us. They're listening. And James Palmer yeah. says, I was one of the ones bringing it up. Great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, April's great. So, yeah, like you're, you're saying that that's really a, a tribute to the team, to, to the, the people running this thing, the management, yeah. to, to April and uh, Jordan. Jordan and April, everyone. Jordan, James, yes. all of those guys. Yeah. All, they, they really listen to what the fans have to say. They listen to ideas. Um, they want the fans to be excited and behind the team and to really spread the word. I mean, what was the last time you've heard of a professional uh, sports organization where they actually made arrangements Never. for, you know, fan accommodations if you want to come out on a road trip and, and watch the game? It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. But here, here I, mean, I, know, is, I know fan not, groups do that, but I don't know about teams that are going team out there itself. worried about the fans and, and right. finding a way to make that happen. And, and you know, usually, I mean, the reason why they don't do this is because they've got plenty of things to worry about, plenty of things going on that, that they're focused on, uh, you know, just to keep the operations going. But they listen to their fans enough that they take time to extra time to do those things. Um, like this, uh, this block of hotels. So yeah, that's a, that's a big tribute to these people, to all the people running, running this organization. So the, ba- so the Warbirds, right. Is that sort of like the battle Hawks? Can we go caca, caca, or no? Let's not start that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's not start that. Although the Warbirds do have, I got to give them credit. The Warbirds have, by the way, uh, if you make it out to Odessa, I believe the place they play, the pictures I've seen, uh, they play in an excellent spot. Like they have an excellent venue there mm-hmm. uh, in Odessa that they play at. They also have, I'm going to give them credit. They have the best mascot in the NAL right now. Uh, they just do. Top Gunner uh, is really, really, really funny. He's funny on social media. If you don't follow him, follow him on Twitter. He'll be giving us a hard time here in a couple of days because Uh-oh. he does it all the time. Um, Top Gunner is an excellent both the social media presence that they've developed for Top Gunner and uh, him out at the games it, it they're just doing it right like teams in the NAL uh, need to learn from one another on a lot of different things um, that is something that I think every team in the NAL could look at what West Texas is doing with Top Gunner and go ah this is how a mascot can, can interact with fans not only in the stadium but on social media, it's great. They're doing a great job with it, and I want to give them their credit uh, because they are really working that Top Gunner thing. It's very cool. Uh, I've really enjoyed his social media presence, uh, and I watch him at the games when they'll show him on the screen. By the way, showing him on screen is a, brings up another thing I want to talk about. If you've watched West Texas, if you've watched their broadcasts, they've had two home games. The first one was... What's the good way to say this? Absolute <laughs> trash. It was really, really bad. Like That's it was nice really, way. really bad. Um, <laughs> it was hard to watch. It was, uh, and Leo, do you remember our very first Gunslingers broadcast that we did? Oh, I do. Yeah. 
the the one against North Texas. They're in the San Antonio Rose Palace. We had all kinds of internet issues. Yep. We had all kinds of connectivity issues. You go back, that video still exists. I've never pulled it down. And it still exists out there. And yeah. you go watch it now and it's just awful. Yeah. We had no scoreboard to to referee oh, yeah. and know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> so we know. We we have been the guys that have put together yeah. the trash broadcast. Um, that first one was was in that arena um from West Texas. Their second home game was better. There was still room to improve. Today we found out that uh the West Texas Warbirds have partnered with Concho Sports. Let me make sure I get their name right. Um uh, and so that's going to take me a second to find. But it is Concho Sports uh which is out of um San Angelo. Uh, not all that far necessarily from uh, West Texas, uh, from Odessa. Uh, it is Concho Sports Network. It is Pixelcast Media. They are partnering together with them, starting with this game that we're going to watch on uh, Saturday. They're going to partner with uh, Concho Sports Network and Pixelcast Media to present the game. This is very much like uh, the gunslingers going from Philip and Leo and Jonas <laughs> to Texas sports productions. Um, and, and all of the things it is somebody that does sports broadcasting and streaming uh, that is coming in and partnering with them. So if you're not going out to Odessa and you're going to watch it here in San Antonio, the presentation of the game is going to be a lot better. I'll be really honest with you. After that first game, I was looking at this game going, Ugh. That's going to be a rough one to watch. That's going to be hard to watch because we're going to have to watch their feed of it. And I don't, I hope they figure it out by then. Looks like they've got it figured out because they're going to partner with uh, some folks that know what they're doing. And it's a learning thing. Like Leo and I and, and Jonas learned that we learned a lot in one season and we put on a much better show uh, the second time. And then the third time it got a little better and, and, and it got better and better. They're doing that too. Uh, but they're going to partner with Concho Sports Network. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to watch the game alone, we have watch parties. Mm -hmm. As always. Watch yep. mm -hmm. And they are going to be out at Alibo Beer Company again this week. Uh, I got some details on that. They'll be outside for the beginning of the game because there is a separate watch party for soccer that will be going on inside. But that, okay. that game is staggered. It starts earlier. So when that game is over, the Gunslingers can uh, can move inside and be a part of uh, things inside and sit in the, the, the inside if, if mosquitoes are getting you or the weather is rough. I don't know what the weather's going to do. Who knows what well, the weather's going to do right now? Yeah, who knows? You can't really tell these days. But judging from the last watch party, I would say... Uh, most people will end up staying outside because it just seemed uh, space-wise, it was a lot a lot better to uh, accommodate uh, the amount of Gunslinger fans there because there were a lot. This was a, a very well-attended watch party, and I expect the ne this next one is probably going to be much the same. Um, and even the last time, there was some rain coming down, a little bit of drizzle, and that did not mm -hmm. deter anybody. Everybody stayed in and, and, and hung in there and had a good time, so... 
Uh, that's good that the inside will become available, but uh, if we're starting outside, I'd be surprised if a lot of people move um, indoors unless, unless yeah, the weather's like really bad. But um, yeah, good good stuff being at Alamo Beer again. Uh, I think uh, it's a really nice venue for for what we're doing, and and everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. And if anyone was wondering about that uh, watch party, they're called the Crocketeers. The soccer yeah. team, Crocketeers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they were uh, they were big fans of the San Antonio Scorpions, I believe, and then they moved over to San Ant- SAFC uh, when they started playing. They're just a bunch of. Th- they are exactly to San Antonio soccer what we would love to create for San Antonio pro football. Uh, they're not so worried about what the team is. They just want to enjoy pro soccer in San Antonio. And we feel the same way about football. Uh, so That's they funny. migrated from the Scorpions over to SAFC when that started um, is, is I think how that worked. Um, I know that they were at the Scorpions games that I went to a couple of times back when the Scorpions were a thing, the Crocketeers were there. Um, and that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so they will be there. They'll be inside. Their game is over right around eight 30 from what I understand. And then we would be able to move inside. If you want to do that, of course, if you want to stay outside, uh, do that. And maybe the weather will be nice. Um, maybe it won't, who knows who can tell. Um, yeah, I know they expected on Saturday to have all this rain. So I think I was the only person that wore water boots. But I had them on just in case because I hate wet feet. I hate it. So I, it didn't rain. So let's transition off the field. That is West Texas, uh, the West Texas Warbirds off the field stuff. Uh, go to the game if you want to. They're providing a way for you to have a cheap yeah. hotel room that night. Uh, if you're not wanting to go to the game and you want to watch it on TV, it's going to be even better uh, than it has been before in West Texas. And if you're... Uh, if you're wanting to watch it with some friends and and get together with a group of people, go to Alamo Beer Company. Uh, be starts at 7.30 and enjoy the watch party. Let's transition onto the field for a second. Um, I'll be honest with you. If the gunslingers don't look past this game, I don't really see any way. Um, they don't They don't end up 5-0. and uh, They're just – they're too strong. They're too dominant yeah. right now. And West Texas – Look, Mitch Mitch Kidd, is that his name? Did I say his name right? Yeah, I believe so. Mitch Kidd is is impressive. Uh, Mitchie the Kid, that's great. Um, and he's liable to be successful in the NAL, but not he's in the first game. Definitely not, and uh, he's not as impressive as Arvell Nelson. So Th- things, <laughs> things have to gel. Look, West Texas yeah. is getting better all the time. They brought in uh, shorts. They brought in some of these guys from the Albany thing that sort of happened a few weeks ago. Now they brought in Mitch Kidd. Um, They're setting up some pieces to have a solid team on the back half of the year. But they're going to have to gel together. And you know what I would point to to say that gelling together is very important? If you are an NAL fan, if you've been watching NAL football last week, uh, or or on Saturday, so, I'm sorry, Sunday, the uh, Orlando Predators, who have not been great this season, mm-hmm. but they just gathered a lot of talent from the Albany mm-hmm. exodus, a, a lot of talent, a lot of really good talent, and they played Carolina. And Carolina has been one of those teams all season that's like, are they good or are they not? Are they a playoff team 
Or are they going to fall just short of being a playoff team? I don't really know what to expect. Tons of people on NAL media sites were picking the Predators because they had these star players from Albany that they had went out and grabbed to, to win this game. I picked the Cobras because I was like, man, I don't care how many stars you have. If they haven't had time to play together, it's going to be yeah. tough. The Cobras drummed the mm-hmm. Orlando Predators. They beat them. I mean, beat them bad. Uh, it just looked outmatched the whole game. Does that mean Orlando's a bad team? Maybe. No. But more likely than not, they just haven't gelled with talent. So look, I think it's great that West Texas has gotten some of these Albany folks. I think that uh, Mitch Kidd, uh, based on what I've seen uh, of his resume, he's liable to be solid once he spends some time in the NAL, but it's not going to happen in the first game. No. Like, it's just not. Yep. And Johnny Salazar's right. Uh, he says, this is a trap game of trap games. Yes. I think Fred Shaw said it very importantly. He said, the team that can beat us right now is us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're worried, you know, we're not worried about who we're playing against. We're worried about taking care of our stuff. Um, and that's absolutely right. Right, which is kind of why I asked that question, because we talked about how we we kind of, Despite the win in in Fayetteville, we we kind of sensed a, a little bit of regression, especially offensively. But uh, as coach was were quick to point out, the defense really came up and and had an answer for a team that had offensively been very strong pr- prior to that game. Um, so they're they're kind of going on all cylinders in all three facets of the game: offense, defense, special teams, and if if one uh, kind of struggles a little bit, then the other, the other at one of the other units is, is really picking it up. Um, so yeah, coach said it absolutely the best. Just like we're, we're the ones that can beat ourselves. Right. Um, and if he's got all his guys with the same attitude and, and mentally on the same page as he is, then they should really go in and, and have probably their biggest win of the season. Um, but if they're not, then yes, they could absolutely go in there and come away with a uh, shocking loss that would be the talk of the NAL, really. So it really hopefully would. We, hopefully we can avoid that for sure. Jeremy Knox checking in. He's actually asked this question twice. Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, just getting back around to it. He says, so out of the two teams left we have not played, who has the best shot to uh, give us an upset? He said, I don't want to see us. I don't want to see it, but going undefeated and winning the championship is a little crazy. Uh, you're right. Look, sure. I think it would be great if the Gunslingers went 12-0 and and then walked into the playoffs and won two playoff games and, and hoisted a championship at a 14-0. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I'd love it. That would be spectacular. Chances of that happening are very slim. Right. They're, they're going to lose a game somewhere along the way, right. most likely. Um, mm-hmm. When you ask me of the two teams you haven't played yet, which one is likely to upset them? Neither. If they play their game, West Texas and Orlando are not going to beat them. Like those just those aren't the teams. The teams that are going to beat them are Jacksonville could beat them. Albany, once they figure out things with Jonathan Bain, which by the way, that's going to be interesting. Jonathan mm-hmm. Bain uh is is slighted, was slighted coming out of San Antonio a little bit. He has power, been very power. Yeah, he's been very professional. He and I have had some conversations over text. He's been very professional, says the right things. I wish nothing but success for San Antonio. 
but you can read it oh, in between yeah. the lines. There's no. a little bit of, of <laughs> I I thought I was coming there and exactly. that didn't work out. And so I want to, I want to show you, you made a mistake yep. by not, by not helping me out. Um, so Albany is a team that I can see once they start figuring out, look, Tom Manas is the best coach in the league. I love Fred Shaw. Um, but Tom, Tom Manas has won two championships in the last two years. He's taken home both championships. It is fair to say that Tom Manas, until somebody knocks him off, is the best coach in the league. Like that's I don't fair. think Coach Shaw would disagree with you, right? Mm-hmm. So Coach Manas is the best coach in the league. Jonathan Bain is a good quarterback. They have a lot of pieces in place. Uh, even though they lost a lot of really good pieces, they ended up replacing them with other really freeze yeah he froze up um so i think what he was trying to say was that if albany can get their gel together with um the quarterback and all these new players maybe there's a chance there um albany has a good history the coaching staff they're all going to make a good team they have the pieces yes they do have the pieces now if they get them perfectly in place that's a different story but could they be one of the teams that could beat us there's a possibility compared to the other two that I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, so the next, the next time we actually play Albany, um, that is later, that is June 24th when Albany okay. comes into San Antonio, that is absolutely going to be a huge game. Huge. Um, uh, so yeah, I, well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, interesting to see between now and then how Albany develops. I also think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Orlando develops because we all know that they picked up some significant talent after the fallout in Albany and, and the players that were uh, released, uh, you know, um, coaches uh, Orlando kind of swooped in and, and took a a great amount of that talent. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're going to be the same team. Uh, that we've seen so far up to this point in the season, and they could certainly make some noise once uh, once they come back. So to answer uh, the question that was asked by Jeremy, uh, if he was asking specifically between the two teams that are left that we haven't played, I would give Orlando the best chance simply because of the infusion of talent that they had and, and very good talent uh, that they picked up. Um, and to that note, I saw earlier, I think it was, uh, Johnny Salazar that was asking, um, oh no, sorry. It was James Palmer asking. I was looking at the, uh, transaction log. He was asking if West Texas in order to pick up Mitch kid actually dropped the quarterback they had in place. And the answer to that is, is no. Um, they ended up releasing, a couple of guys, a, a wide receiver, a defensive lineman, and they had another uh, lineman that was placed on IR. Uh, so there was uh, three spots there available, and they picked up two um, players to fill those three, which was Mitch Kidd and another wide receiver, Richie Anderson. Um, so, no, they, they still have the other quarterback uh, on, on the roster that, that uh, won them the game when they played Albany uh, last week. Johnny Salazar checking in on Facebook says, don't discount Carolina. They've been impressive of late and their running game with Zach Brown is pretty heavy. Their running game with Zach Brown is incredible. They dominated the line of scrimmage against Orlando in a way 
that I don't see very often in arena football. Um, they are a lot better team than a lot of people gave up credit. They are giving them credit for Carolina is a team to be reckoned with. Um, and so you're right. They are absolutely another one of those teams that, that could beat um, the gunslingers at some point this season. But unless the gunslingers just really beat themselves, um, they're, they're going to, they're going to drop one or two or maybe even three games uh, in this back half of the season. But even that, uh, they have set themselves up in such a good position right now that I don't want to look ahead and say, no. we're going to be in the playoffs. But we're going to be in the realistically, playoffs. <laughs> I, look, I think, we, I think we all agree. If the Gunslingers are playing their best game, there isn't a team in the NAL that's going to have an that's going to uh, have a easy time beating them. They're they're going to sure. really really have to be at the top of their game to even hope to get a win. If the sure. Gunslingers are playing their best game, they're going to be extremely difficult to beat for any other team in the NAL. What do you got, RC? I just wanted to say, um, I know Johnny Salazar had some health issues. And it was really great to see him at the last watch party. Oh, yeah. So I just want you to know that we're behind you. We're saying prayers for continued health. And I just wanted to, to say that, you know, then that it's great that we had that personal connection with our listeners and with our fans that Absolutely. I can say that, you know, and a lot of podcasters, they talk and they're talking more about themselves, but they don't have that connection. And I think that's what's so special about all of us. Um, on this podcast that each one of us has our own connection with our fans. So just like I said, prayers for you, Johnny, for continued help. Absolutely. Uh, get well soon or, or get better. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's the thing that I've started saying to everybody is get better um, because nobody is where they want to be right now. Like nobody physically, mentally, spiritually is better. We should all be concentrating on just getting better. Um, and, and maybe that looks like something different for Johnny than it does for me or Leo or RC. Mm -hmm. Johnny, get better. Um, that's what I want to see for everybody. Uh, we love you, man. Um, so that's West Texas Warbirds. Um, it is what it is. Go to the game if you can. If you can't, come to the watch party. If not, enjoy the game at home uh, on Kanto Sports Network. But uh, we've talked a lot about games everywhere else in the world. Let's talk for a few minutes about the next game here in San Antonio because uh, in two weeks, in less than two weeks, the Gunslingers are finally back home. They're back in the Freeman Coliseum. They take on the Jacksonville Sharks on the 28th. That's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, they're going to take on the Jacksonville Sharks with uh, Sam Castronova at quarterback. Mm -hmm. A guy that we've mm -hmm. seen once this season, but he was with Albany. Um, it is Military Appreciation Day. Yes. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Love that. They are they are giving out uh, uh, patriotic themed hats. Did you guys, have you guys seen the picture of that yet? I haven't. Do you no. have one? Do you have a picture? Uh, let's Ooh. see it. Let me, pull, let me pull it up real quick. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of buried in the post. They've, they've had the picture out for about a week uh, getting ready for the uh, game, but uh, let me pull it up here real quick. And to and clarify, do, do only veterans or military get the hat or anyone can get a hat? No, no. What it says is 
here. I've 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 almost got it. Give me just okay. a second and I'll I'll have it here for everybody to see if you're watching on uh Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, you can see it now. Um there it is. It's right down here in the corner. Free uh gunslingers patriotic hat. It is here. I'll I'll even zoom in on the hat specifically. There we go. Well, there's number there five go. and there's no decimal. No decimal on his jersey there, Leo. <laughs> nope, no decimal on Pally Rashad's jersey. <laughs> so if you're if you're listening to us and you're like, I want to see, go online to the San Antonio Gunslingers uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's probably also on their website. They've got a graphic out. Uh, it is a white hat. It looks like it's a trucker style cap with the uh, the mesh back. And it's got the Gunslingers logo on the front with two American flags crossed behind him. But instead of his traditional cowboy hat, he is wearing the Uncle Sam uh, stovepipe kind of hat. The first 500 folks in the in the uh, arena will get a free patriotic Gunslingers hat. That's pretty cool. I love it. That is very cool. Um, I do want to caution fans, though, to just set expectations because this is what happened with the first 500 promotion they did in the first home game with the medals. Good point. They did first 500. However, it was one per family. So you can't show up with a family of seven and expect to get seven tickets to to receive the hats or seven hats. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll be giving tickets and then you go to the merch, uh, uh, booth uh, similar to they, the way they've done it before. But um, if if you're going with a group of people, you know, maybe you're going with a friend, um, you want to make sure that you designate that you're not, you're not, oh, <laughs> that you are hang not. In the, um, hang in there, Jimmy. Family. We're going to talk about your We're renegades coming. in We're just coming. a minute, okay? <laughs> <laughs> James Palmer said, hey, his whole family got medals at the game. I was told not kids. All right, well, they told me different when I went through the doors and we asked about that. They said one per family and gave us a uh, one ticket. So uh, I guess it depends on who you meet at the door, giving you the ticket then. That's true. Right. Uh, but there's even more information and we get to uh, debut something on the show. Uh, you get to see it first here. And if you're not watching, if you are listening online, you have to go back, look at your little time code now, and then go to one of our social medias and watch the video because we we can't show you this on the podcast. We can only show it to you on video. But as you know, the Gunslingers have loved creating specialized jerseys for each uh, special night that they've had over the past year. And this is no different. For military appreciation, they have two, two different jersey variants that they will have at the merch stand for the San Antonio gunslingers. Anybody want to see what they look like? I got them. I do. Yep. So here you go. The first one is a military style Jersey. Uh, It is in the green, uh, kind of the olive green. (laughs) No, wait, Mo. (laughs) you have to wait. I'm, I finally have something. I have to, I have to slowly put it out there. You have to do a drum roll or something. Yeah, where's the drum roll? All right, so here is your first. Here is the military-themed uh, San Antonio Hi. Gunslingers jersey. I love it. it has uh, the 
military men standing on the bottom hem. It has the two fighter jets and the destroyer, uh, as well as a helicopter uh, hanging out there underneath the logo. It's got a couple of bullet holes in it. And then along the back, it says, we salute you with the 76, as in 1776. And then it has the medallions of all six branches of the military. Yes, six. Space Force is there, too. Um, so all six of the medallions uh, are there. So that is the military theme. Michael Wayne says, how much? How much? Uh, <laughs> what do they normally run? They, I think they normally do them for 50, like 49 or 50, right? It was somewhere around that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember my brain. I'm racking my brain right now to remember what the jerseys were at the last game. Uh, maybe 45? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was 45. Um, 45 sounds right, but I yeah. don't know. That is but I'm gonna, really good looking, though. I like that. But I'm going to be really honest with you. Bring a hundred bucks because I'm fixing to show you another one that I think <laughs> is right. even. I'm fixing to show you one that I think is even better. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Yeah. You ready? You ready? Come on, yeah. Jordan Stubing. By the way, now Jordan Stubing. By oh, the way, says yeah, forty-five dollars. Right. All right. Yeah. My brain does work sometimes. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Boom. Ooh, I love it. Nice. I love it. I like it. The patriotic-themed uh, jersey that they are rolling out this year for uh, military appreciation is a flag-inspired uh, design on the back. It has we, the people, up on the shoulder blades, up on the nameplate area, and then the 76 with a Liberty. So, you know what? Just bring 100 bucks because uh, you want them both. <laughs> Let's be real honest. You're you're gonna need both of these jerseys, right? And uh, this I would, love this. This would be They're great awesome. for Fourth of July. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love this. Michael Wayne Davis is gonna have a heart attack here. He's I like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really, really good looking. Great stuff that they're doing out there. Um, and you got to see it here first. Hey, uh, that went so well. Jordan, I know you're watching right now. We should always preview this stuff. Yes, here. that would be awesome. Michael Wayne Davis says, Cowbell, yes, I believe they will be doing the bell promotion again. Uh, they have the bigger bells this year. You can see here. Let me get rid of the jersey. I know that you guys are loving looking at it, but look. Um, they have these uh, bells, noisemakers that they've been selling at the watch party. I would imagine they will have it there at the game as well. Those suckers are loud. Yes, Those these are, are these are the loud cowbells, that, and they said they will be having these available at games. So, and Jordan will... Stubing answering the question that both Leo and I have: <laughs> A, they're limited edition; <laughs> B, they do have big boy sizes. Nice. Uh, that's important. That's very important. Yes, it is. I was just going to add that when we went to the game on Saturday at the Alamo Dome, one of my friends, her cowbell got confiscated. That will never happen at Joe Freeman. You will never get your cowbell confiscated. Well, we boom. certainly hope not. Johnny Salazar says, excellent job on the jerseys. That is Jordan. Jordan is the one that put those, puts those together. He gets very yep. excited when he goes to roll them out. He sends them to me fairly often. Uh, sometimes he'll let me share them. Sometimes he won't. Uh, but he sends them to me because he gets really, he gets like I get when he does something design worthy. And he's like, I have to show this to people. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, and I do exactly the same thing when I design anything graphics wise. Uh, I immediately have to 
show it off. Uh, Lolise wants to know, is it available in a point five? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That, uh, again, that, that was not the mistake of, of the gunslingers and, and Jordan and the guys doing these, these jerseys. This, this was somewhere in the ordering process, uh, by, um, uh, the company that, that they contract out for those, uh, those personalized jerseys before the season. But yeah, thanks for rubbing in, Lolis. <laughs> Make your plans now. That is May 28th. The game starts at 3 p.m. Uh, Jordan, since we have you on, there was some question earlier about hats. The first 500 get the uh, new patriotic hat. Is that the first 500 families or the first 500 people through the door? Uh, because there was an issue with the medals. Um, if you could give okay. us that answer, that would sure help. Uh, Because that's been a little bit of a discussion. I don't know if you heard that or not. Uh, So make your plans to attend Military Appreciation Night, uh, Military Appreciation Day game uh, against the Jacksonville Sharks. They're going to need you. They're going to need you to take on the Sharks and they're back. They're home. And that's huge. That actually will kick off. Uh, He says, if you bought a ticket, you get a voucher. So there you go. That's that's the information we have directly from the source. It's going to be so nice. That is one of four straight home games. They play May 28th, June 4th, June 17th, and June 24th, uh, all right in a row here in Freeman. We Finally. get to see our gunslingers Outside. here at home. They've uh, been the road warriors for, to start the season. We finally They really get, have. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, really we, have. We finally hopefully, get to... I was say we finally get to fill up the Coliseum and be and be loud and and rowdy uh, for for the home team. But you were going to say any luck they're going to come into the Freeman Coliseum for four mm-hmm. straight home games at five and zero. Oh. Yes, wow, that's a little different than last year. Yes, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. When we got to the back half of the season last year, it was uh, a little different. By the way, all military get fifty percent off through Vet Ticks or at the box office. So if you are military in the San Antonio area, and I would guess that it's active duty and retired military, but correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, on that. Um, veterans and active duty, I think, get 50% off through vet ticks. Well, it's vet ticks. So yes, yeah. it, it, veterans would be available, uh, eligible for that as well. So going back to what Coke said, he said he wants 8,000. So I think our slogan should be eight on the 28th. Eight on the 28th. 8,000 people. We could do it on the 28th. Or eight. I mean, if we can get eight people in the... No. No, come on now. We're going to get more than eight people. 800. No, 8,000 would be great. 8,000 would be great. On the 28th. I like it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. uh, Get them in the dome. It's it's a great way to watch football and stay cool because it's 72 degrees in... Not the dome. the, uh, The arena in the Coliseum. Jimmy Hanna is just all over the place here. He wants to talk about his renegades. He wants to talk about his Frisco fighters. The (laughs) fighters are seven and oh right now in the IFL and they're doing incredible because football in Texas is just different. It just hits different. And Frisco's doing a great job in the IFL. The San Antonio gunslingers in the NAL are doing nearly the same thing. Uh Oh, Uh, so speaking of Jimmy Hanna's, Arlington Renegade. Let's transition now. 
Let's start talking about the XFL championship game in San Antonio this week. Um, it was a good time. I, I got to make it for the game. Yeah. I made it like 10 minutes before kickoff. I got into the press box. I had a wedding that afternoon. I did the wedding. I took the pictures because you, as a pastor, you have to stage some pictures. And then I was like, okay, I gotta see, go. guys, see you guys later. Got to go. And I drove uh, <laughs> from Palacios to San Antonio and made it just in time for kickoff. Um, I know that you guys were there and enjoyed. Uh, how did the tailgate go? Was it pretty traditional tailgating? Not traditional, but it was a lot of fun. And the fact that we had a lot of representation, and not just for the two teams involved, we had representations of fan base from every single team in the XFL. We we it, right. we were short the Vegas the Vegas Vipers for a good portion of the tailgate, and then one guy comes walking up into parking lot B from the street. And he comes walking up and he's wearing a Vegas Viper shirt. And there was just this unanimous loud cheer because it was like, there he is. There's the Vegas the guy fan. we were hoping for. <laughs> we have a Vegas Viper fan in the house. and we have But according to Dirty, he was not a Vegas Vipers fan. He was a Viper fan, but he was from San Diego, I believe. Yes, yes. He lives in San Diego. <laughs> and the Vegas Vipers are the nearest uh, uh, XFL team to him. So right. he makes the trip over there. And then we had one guy uh, from Orlando Guardians who was there much earlier. So the question was, is anyone from Vegas going to show up? And then he he finished the circle. He completed the circle. Right. Sure. Uh, now, Friday night before the game, you guys had the super podcast with uh, Amanda and Dirty, the guys from Horns Forward. One of the guys from Standing Guard, I think, is what the Guardians podcast is called. Uh, Texans talking football, which is kind of related to horns forward, uh, was there. Who else? Who am I missing? RC, you were there. Neither, I neither there. Leo yeah. and I could make it. Yeah, it was great. So we got there early. Um, and we were originally we were going to be in the conference room. Um, but that right. took us away from the fans. And um, even though they had karaoke, and that was one of the issues, because they had karaoke, we thought it would be too loud and you wouldn't be able to hear us on the podcast. Well, Dirty would have none of that. He's like, let's find a, plot, a, a place. So we were looking around and we found like a little nook and there we go, moving all our stuff. And it turned out really, really great. We were able to get some fans that were there from all over, from D.C., um, from Arlington. There were just um, uh, gunslingers, not gunslingers. There were some gunslinger fans, but there were also some Brahma fans. I mean, literally everybody was there. We had such a good time, just the atmosphere. Everyone said we were very welcoming. Uh, we actually did some karaoke. Um, I saw Fran from the XFL. He does some of the media. Yes. And he, yeah. he got up there. We sang Neil Diamond's uh, Coming to America. So I'm not the best singer, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, teaching some people how to dance the salsa. I mean, you could not ask for a better event. Um, I think Dirty was really happy. Amanda was really happy. Um, Daddy Ed was there. I mean, you could, everybody was just high-fiving each other, so excited for the next game. And everyone just said literally that they didn't realize how uh, welcoming we would be, especially because we weren't in the championship game, you know. But, man, it was a blast. It really was. I think San Antonio really, the, the Brahmas fans, the XFL fans here in San Antonio, really proved why San Antonio was chosen for this event, for this first 
championship game as a neutral site. Look, it could have been our Brahmas in it, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that didn't matter. We we had... Oh, it mattered, but... (laughs) There were 22,000 people there, and you're right. As you looked around the stadium, you could see pockets of yellow and black. You Mm -hmm. could see pockets of, uh, you know, green uh, for the Guardians. You saw people up on the the jumbotron with uh, with all of the different colors of the teams. It really was a celebration of the XFL as a whole, not just these two teams that came to battle in this game or the home team, the San Antonio Brahmas. Um, what is this? Except for one hater in the Brahmas group, everybody was great. There's always the one guy. Jimmy, there's a, you're you're usually the one guy, you know, uh, when we when we get talking all that anything but your renegades, you're the one guy. Um, so, but no, the podcast Jimmy's great. was epic. Podcast was epic. Now the next day was even better. Um, so during the um, the tailgating, the Brahma Mamas had passed out carnations, and so we also passed out carnations to the moms. We passed out little ducks for the kids. Um, everybody, every mom got a little bag of candy and the kids got candy. And so during the tailgate, I would say I was more Brahma mama. But as soon as we walked into or getting ready to walk into the dome, I switched hats and I was all just XFL, you know. So really, it was really a combination. And there were people tailgating that said that they would even consider moving to San Antonio because it was so nice that they loved the river walk. They loved that it was clean. I don't know where they were looking at, but they said it was clean. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was welcoming. So we may not have all of the fans, but we did get some San Antonio fans. And I think they'll come back. The big question was, where do you think the next championship game is going to be? And a lot of people said St. Louis. I don't know if that's true or not. I said we did a great job. Come back again. Uh. I think the thing that makes the most sense for the XFL is St. Louis. I've said that for a while now, but uh, you know, I've been told by folks in the know that that's not really what they're considering in the XFL. They don't know any more than I do. I don't think, but they are right a lot of the time. And I'm talking about dirty uh, and I'm talking about the mayor. They're the ones that have reached out and kind of said, I don't know. I don't know that they're looking at St. Louis at being, a destination for the championship game. The issue with St. Louis um, is they are not, what's the best way to say this? They're not going to be, you're not going to have the same welcoming atmosphere in St. Louis. Based on what I hear from folks from St. Louis, like Dirty, um, the fans there are not going to be as welcoming. Uh, so I think there might be a real possibility that The Rock and Danny and and uh, Cardinal uh, uh, Investments kind of looks at it and goes, man, that worked out great. Why don't we just do it there again? <laughs> um, we did well. We you did know, great ambassador. It's, it's a, you know, you, you have to be concerned when it's your championship game. It's a huge deal for your league, and you don't want weather to be a factor. No. So there's only two domes, right? right? Two domes in the in that are used in the XFL, and that's uh, the Alamo Dome here in San Antonio and the dome up at St. Louis. Um, so if if that's something they're considering and they're talking about the uh, uh, the welcoming nature of of the city and and its its uh, people and things not being 
so much uh, so in in uh, St. Louis, then it makes a lot of sense to just have it in, in San Antonio. It also makes a lot of sense to have it in San Antonio as long as they continue having the hub in Arlington. Right. Because it's less it's less travel for both teams. Um, so there's less there's less strain well, on that. Just logistically, and, it's easier. And I think you can take Arlington out of the running. Like I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I think they'll do it in Arlington next year. It's not a great stadium. Like it's, it's just not a great place for the game. Not a great place for football, no. It is what it is, and they use it, and it's fine, but it's it's a baseball stadium, like it is. And for the same reason, Cashman won't work. So you can kind of lift those two out to me. So you're talking Houston, uh, you're talking Orlando, you're talking Seattle, or one of the two domes. Uh, the problem with Houston, Orlando, and Seattle is in the spring, in all three of those areas, you are taking a big gamble on the weather Weather. Um, because you guys have seen what may's been like here in Texas. Um, Can you imagine playing that game outside last uh, Saturday night when there are thunderstorms in the area? Like I, I drove into Palacios, which is not all that far from Houston and it rained the whole night here on the coast. Um, They don't want to deal with that. They, They don't want to take a chance on that. So I think Leo's right. You're really looking at two domes. Um, as your best option. And if St. Louis is not going to be as welcoming, it is in downtown uh, St. Louis. It can be a rough area from what I hear from time to time. Maybe they just look at it and they go, no, uh, San Antonio is our best option. Or do they take it to a completely neutral site? Now, this is interesting. Would they grab an NFL stadium and say, hey, we're going to have it in Arlington, but not at Choctaw? We're going to have it at AT&T Stadium. Mm, um, I don't like that idea. Oh, I think that's a great idea. I know, but I'm think, looking at the audience I mean, and the attendance. I mean, we had, what, 22, and it looked full. In the beginning, I was a little disappointed, but they were trickling in. Um, but if you have a bigger stadium, how are those stands going to look? I, you know, it's the lower level, just the same way we did it in the Alamo Dome. Um I don't think you can, it's spring football. The idea of selling out a hundred thousand seat stadium is, is not going to happen. Like right. that, that's, no. that's not really reasonable. Um, I don't even think you could give away the tickets uh, and get a hundred thousand people into AT&T. So you just do the lower bowl like they did there in the Alamo dome. Um, and I think it works, but that would be another way to go. But I think it's very possible that next year they come around and they say, no, no, it worked out great in San Antonio. That is a great place for us to play. A lot of people like to crap all over the Alamo Dome all the time, and I don't get it. Um, like I, Yeah, I mean, as Philip was saying, I think he's he's having some technical difficulties, so I think he'll be back with us here just shortly. But what he was about to say is, you know, we've heard some flack about the Alamo Dome. There's been some talk about how the Alamo Dome is suited for football. But, you know, that talk is from uh, the NFL snobs, the, the fans True. that are that are snob football snobs where oh, it's NFL or, or nothing. Um, because the, the Alamo Dome was originally built with the hopes of luring the NFL. But that was, you know decades ago and yeah honestly the standard for nfl stadiums is a lot higher now and the alamo dome does not qualify but that does not mean it's not a good place to watch football and anyone who says that it isn't probably hasn't been there for a game i would say um 
I think it's a it's a, a better than average venue. It's it's very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. They're also going to be doing a lot of uh, updates uh, here coming within the next year. That was uh, publicized in the news here. Um, and Plus, they have it, good conditions for tailgating, which other yes. stadiums don't. Like the parking lots are ideal we, for. Yeah. Yep, for getting together and having those large gatherings and the, the tailgating. Mm-hmm. And the fans, you know, the fans are the fans of San Antonio. We're welcoming people here. We love to share food and drinks and yeah. and everything and music and have a good time. And, you know, it doesn't you don't necessarily have to be rooting for the same team that we are. Um, we just like to have a good time while we're out there. So, um, yeah, we've had people come down from St. Louis. We, we had Dirty and we had Amanda and Ed come down and several Battlehawks fans that were here for the XFL championship Several. game. And they all said they love San Antonio. They love the Alamo mm-hmm. dome. They thought it was a great place. Um, you know, it gets loud in there. Um, it's, it's it, acoustically, it's very good. It's ideal. If you want to have a stadium where maybe you're only doing the lower bowl, but on TV, it sounds like it's very loud. Um, it's just, it's just a great setup. So, uh, I was just finishing your thought, Philip, as people were saying yeah. that I see that you're back now, uh, that they've knocked the Alamo Dome in the past. And I attribute that to NFL snobs. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, you know, I, I got a buddy that I'll send a message to from time to time that does media with me or has done media with me in the past um, at high school stadiums. And I'll say, hey, I'm working at the uh, Alamo Dome. And he's like, oh, I'd rather be at a high school stadium. And I'm like, man, oh, what please. are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like it's dated and I get that. And it's not the prettiest thing to look at from the outside. And I get that too. But inside playing football in the Alamo Dome, it's a great experience. Um, It's a great experience for UTSA football. It was great for commanders football. It's been great for Brahma's football. And it's a great place to hold the XFL championship game. Let's talk a little bit about the XFL championship game. Who's surprised? Not me. I called it. Who's surprised? Arlington. So, Go ahead, Leo. I, I, I'm going to be honest because we talked a little bit about it with Dirty on his show, and 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 he put us on the spot and said, you know, pick a team. And I said, well, if I if I'm betting on a team, then I'd have to go DC because I felt like they, you know, they were the favorite for a reason, sure. and and logically from what we had seen, you know, they they were the team to pick. Um, so I'm not going to say I wasn't surprised, but um. Arlington had been rolling towards the end of the season. They, you know, they, they picked up Luis Perez towards the end and Perez had, you know, totally changed the dynamic of that mm-hmm. offense. And I think they proved it in that game. They just showed it was, it was just more progression and, and DC wasn't ready for what they were facing offensively. Um, I think they were surprised what they were facing defensively in the first half because they really got shut down up, up until the very end of that first half. And I don't yeah. think anyone was expecting that. I am not taking anything away from Arlington. They won the game. They played the they played the game the way it's supposed to be played. They jumped on DC quick. But I am thoroughly convinced after a full season of watching the DC defenders that there are times that they phoned in their effort. I think they did it against Orlando. I think they did it the first time against Arlington. I think they did it to the San Antonio Brahmas. And I think they did it in the championship game. All four of those games were games that based on their record and the, and the tools they had, they should have won. And they won. 
two of those games, three of those games, but two of them went to overtime or almost went to overtime. Like they played down to their opponent in a way that a nine and one team never should. Um, And I, I'm not, again, I'm not taking anything away from Arlington. Arlington did exactly what they had to do. They went in, they put it to DC immediately. First drive down the field. They looked like they were there to play. And then their defense took the field and held them to a three and out. And at that point I was like, Oh, DC wasn't ready for this. They weren't ready for this. By the end of the first quarter, I knew Arlington was going to win this game. Uh, It was just clear to me that DC just thought they were going to walk into the building they were going to play a football game and they were going to uh, hoist a trophy. And that's the way things were going to be. And that's not what happened. I'll agree with you. I, I think, I think they felt very confident coming into that game. Um, I don't think they were not ready in the sense that they looked past Arlington. I do believe they were confident, but I think they weren't expecting Arlington to be, as good as they were because Arlington has over the last three or four games of the season. I mean, they're, they're not the same team. They were just three games, you know, prior to that, they have progressed each and every week and we're just getting stronger and stronger. So they didn't know what to expect because it's kind of, it was an unknown quantity coming into the game. I think no one expected Arlington to be this good, this quick after they kind of hit their stride. And you got to hand it to him on that. And Luis Perez, Luis Perez was actual, absolutely uh, the the firecracker in that the 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 initiator. Yeah. So congratulations to Luis Perez. He is uh, he has won uh, the MVP of the championship game. Congratulations! Well, it is also, believe it or not, his first professional championship trophy his first professional game he has played in every spring league but they have either not had a championship game which happened in the aaf and xfl 2.0 or he did not he was not on the team that hoisted the trophy with the new york generals uh new jersey generals whatever it was Um, so this is his first opportunity to win a championship now here's an interesting question for you leo because dirty and i were talking about this in the press box and Dirty said, he's going to be playing on Sundays next year. I think and so. I don't, I don't think so. I think that ship has probably sailed for Luis Perez. I, I, I think know. he, I think he is what he is, and he'll be a great spring quarterback, and he'll have a career for the next few years going forward in spring ball as long as he wants to. But I just don't know that any NFL team at this point is going to look at his body of work and say, yeah, we need him as our backup or we need him as our starter. Um, this isn't PJ Walker. This isn't Garrett Gilbert. This this is Luis Perez. Everybody's had their look at him. But they've, they've said no. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, so I think that that's probably going to be the case for him going forward. I think a lot of the players, for him especially, he could either stay in this league and shine or go maybe get called up and sit on the bench. So I think he has to decide, do I really want to play and be and show my talent and my skills? Or do I take the chance, maybe go get called up with the NFL and maybe not play as well? I So I think if he had that choice, he would stay here in China. No way. 
There is no guy anywhere that would take a starting position in a spring football league over a backup position. AJ McCarron aside, I realize that people are fixing to bang on me and go, AJ McCarron did it. That's the exception that proves the rule. For the most part, you get a chance to, uh, I mean, it's math. The, The guys that make NFL money versus the guys that make XFL money, even as a star in the XFL league, it's nowhere close. Um, you can take care of your family on a different level playing, you know, being a backup or a practice team guy in the NFL in a way that you can't do in the XFL. So I I, I don't think that's true. I could be wrong because you're right. AJ well, McCarron does it, but I, I don't think so. Money, money talks. And, and, you know, there's a lot more money to be made in the NFL than the XFL. And plus these guys are competitors and Luis Perez is very competitive. So, I, I would agree with Philip on that one on on that standing that that he would not if the opportunity is there, uh, I don't see him choosing XFL over NFL. But I disagree with Philip on the point that that uh, we've seen what Betis is and the NFL probably has no interest in him. I, I, like Robert Rankin says, if Cohen got a few looks, why not why not Betis? Exactly. And then Different you know Danucci, but. But Perez's situation, I think, is also unique in the sense that, you know, he's still learning the game. We got to remember he wasn't he wasn't playing football for most of his young life the way most of the guys at this level were. He didn't pick this up until he was into college and learned the game. They even referenced it in in XFL because he famously back in the AAF when we we talked about him learned the game on YouTube. YouTube you know? video. He did not have any kind of training or coaching uh, getting into college and was able to work his way up to eventually become the starter on his team and went and won a Division II championship. Um, this And now he's won a professional championship. He had some previous looks in the NFL, um, you know, and, and didn't make a roster. And he's kind of bounced around these spring football leagues a little bit, but, you know, like you said, mentioned earlier, you know, the AF pulled the rug out from under him. Same thing with XFL uh, 2.0. Um, the USFL you know, didn't get his opportunity there. Didn't, you know, he, he got to play. And now he's got some, got, got a chance here. Ended up in a bad situation in Las Vegas that obviously didn't work for him. Gets traded. And then all of a sudden, totally changes a team around uh, mm-hmm. that uh, and upsets, uh, you know, largely recognized as, as the toughest teams in the XFL to win a championship. And I think a lot can be said as far as uh, his progression in that time, in a short uh, period of time, I saw him out there making plays that I would not expect him, has expected him to make in the past. I saw him making a uh, com- completing balls with guys in his face and yeah. and able to get the pass away and and hit the open man as he's running his route and you know and it was uh you know perfectly accurate I, I think he's made tremendous strides in his game and I, I think some NFL team is going to give him a look and and I do think he has the capability of being a very good quality backup in the NFL so let me clarify my position um, I don't think Luis Perez has a future in the NFL. I, I'm sticking to that. But I want to make it clear. I do not think that's because of Luis Perez. 
I think he has done or showed everything he can and should get the opportunity. But when you just look at the way NFL decision makers make decisions, they have now seen three teams in four different opportunities bring him up, try him out at camp or or, or uh, in training camp, and cut him. Rams have done it twice. The Eagles did it. One other team uh, has brought him in. And the NFL decision makers do not take risks. They just don't. And when they look at a guy who's had four chances, right chances or not, I believe that the NFL decision-making machine will go, I'd rather take my chance on this guy coming out of college as an undrafted free agent and hope I can hit on him than a guy that's gotten four looks and been told no four times and sent back down. I truly believe that 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 ship has probably sailed for Luis Perez. But it's not Luis Perez's fault. He's done everything he could. He is getting better. You're absolutely right. Everything you just said, Leo, is 100% correct. He's still learning the game. He's getting better all the time. But just the thing that is broken here is not Luis. It is the NFL decision-making machine. And I just don't think... Michael Wayne Davis says they did it with Kurt Warner. No, they didn't. Uh, Kurt Warner... Uh, did not have uh, the kind of back and forth into the NFL. Uh, he came up uh, through arena football. The Rams gave him an opportunity. He squeaked on as a backup, was never supposed to see the field. And then Trent Green went down with a horrible injury. Uh, and Jimmy Hanna brings up a great point. Kurt was a unique kind of guy, but Luis Perez is also a unique kind of guy. Yeah, uh, don't d- d- let's, 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 Recognize the game. Again, this is not a slight on Luis. I really like him. I would love to see him be successful in the NFL. But I just feel like the way the NFL decision-making uh, mentality, this this hive mentality in the way they make decisions, these guys that are general managers do not take chances. And they, when they've seen a guy that's been told no four times, they just go, eh, we can, we can go somewhere else. We can, we can, uh, we can reach out to this undrafted free agent over here. Well, I would love for to have him as a special guest on our show. So I think I, that'd be great. That would, that be, would great. be awesome. So, so if anyone knows personally, uh, uh, Luis, let him know that we would love to have him on the podcast. So Jimmy Hanna brings up a great guy, Baker Mayfield. Luis Perez is better than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield will have more opportunities in the NFL than Luis Perez does. And that is what I mean by the decision-making machine in the NFL is broken because Baker Mayfield is not the quarterback that Luis Perez is, and he won't get the same opportunity. How crazy is that? That is crazy. It's really kind of ridiculous. I'm holding out hope that he does. I, I I still think he will. I'd love to see it. I really would. Uh, we are seeing some of these guys that got um, mini, rookie minicamp invitations signing on with teams. I know I saw Luke Marcou, uh, your guy, uh, two of your guys mm-hmm. coming out of the XFL. Both Ben DiNucci signed a contract with the uh, Denver Broncos as well as Jacquez Patrick. Yep. Um, both of them are Broncos at this time. Does that mean that they will – get all the way through camp and be on the 53 man roster. When the NFL kicks off next year, they got as good a chance as a lot of other guys right now. Right, they've okay. got, they've got to make the best of that. Yep. Um, 
You're right, Robert Rankin. You're absolutely right. What about Josh Johnson? He played with everyone. He established himself as an NFL quarterback, barely, but as an NFL quarterback before spring football became one of those things that popped up everywhere. Uh, And then he bounced back and forth to the spring league. But that's exactly another way that this is just broken because anytime a team in the NFL needs a backup quarterback, they go grab Josh Johnson. They don't take a chance on <laughs> Luis Perez or they don't go grab, uh, you know, a guy that has performed really well at Garrett Gilbert. They go pick up Josh Johnson again. Like we just saw it happen last year. I don't even remember what team it was. He's played for like 17 teams in the NFL. The Niners. Because they, yes, it was the Niners. Mm. They just keep going to him instead of going out here and going, hey, here's, you know, Kyle Sloter played really well in USFL last year. We need somebody. Let's go get him. They, well, they go get him. Josh Johnson. Well, Sloter was the guy that was under center for a while before Luis Perez came, and Arlington was not the team that they wore once no. Luis Perez came back. No, for um, sure. And, and Sloter was a guy that a lot of teams were were interested in and intrigued by. So I, I just I, 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 just I hope have, you're right. I, disagree, I, disagree I hope you're with right. You. Yeah, I think he's going to get a call. I really hope you're right. Um, I just don't – I don't see it. I think that uh, the opportunities have been there and uh, for whatever reason didn't work out. But, hey, that's – he's in the conversation, and mm-hmm. that's what this is all about. Because yeah. without spring football, he wouldn't even be in the conversation. Um, and so the fact that he has the ability um, to maybe make an opportunity for himself is exactly what this is created for. That's what the XFL exists for, is for well, this, creating that opportunity. This is the first time that we all agree. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we all have our own opinions on that. Yeah, well, an opportunity, like, <laughs> like Johnny Salazar said, practice squad is an opportunity. Mm-hmm, um, sure. I think Danucci has a really strong uh, chance at making the uh, Denver Broncos practice squad. I don't know that he'll be their number two quarterback, and I don't see them keeping three quarterbacks on the roster, but he could certainly, uh, will certainly probably take some strong consideration as a practice squad, practice squad spot on the Denver Broncos. Right. And now, Jacquez Patrick has a really good chance of making yes, the football team, I believe. Yeah, 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 sure does. Um, and and running backs, look, if I were an NFL general manager, I would be combing this league. Abram Smith would be the very first phone call that I made on Monday morning once all of the weekend was over with the championship game. Like, I'd be like, I want that guy. I want that guy in camp. I want him on contract. I, I want to see if we can make that guy work. Because running backs are, you just churn through them so fast that a guy like Abram Smith, Jaquez Patrick, uh, even Kalen Balaj, I know he got injured, but those kind of guys that have fresh legs, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need those guys. Um, there's some folks right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's an NFL story. Never mind. Um, people are going nuts about the Cowboys trying to get Delvin Cook, who just got released by the Vikings. Vikings. And I'm like, why? We have Tony Pollard. We have Deuce Vaughn. That's a perfectly solid running back tandem right there. I don't need to spend extra money on a broken down Dalvin Cook. He's done. That's the way running backs work in the NFL. I'm not spending money on that guy. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to say it. I'm not. Um, and I also wanted to extend that invite to any of the Renegade players if they want to come on the show, not just Louis Perez. Absolutely. 
they can we're more than welcome to come on. We would love to have you. By the Speaking way, you of know, which, what what who's on here? Speaking of which, Brian Fulkert came on last last week. Yep. We talked mm-hmm. to him. We had a great time. But right after he jumped off of the feed where everybody saw him, he hung out in our little like backstage area and yep. listened to us as we talked about our picks. And I picked DC. I said, I want to go with Arlington. He's convinced me, but I'm just going to have to go with DC. I went and found him <laughs> after the game on the field. I walked up and I go, hey, Brian, it's Philip from the from the uh, Smoking Guns podcast. And he goes, hey, man, what's up? Did we make a believer out of you yet? Ouch. He remembered. Yeah, he, oh, he remembered that. And yeah, we had a good time. Nice enough to about come, it. <laughs> come on our show. And you made him mad, Philip. He took a picture <laughs> with me. We ch- We laughed and chatted about it. But he remembered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He absolutely yeah. remembered. Um, but yeah, any of those guys that, yeah. that were part of the championship team, we, we would love to talk to them. And then also, do you know what the the viewing attendance was? I know we had 22 in the stadium, but how many viewers did we actually have? Anybody I haven't seen those guess? numbers yet. Well, I know that I saw on XFL Center, there was over a million viewers um, at 8 p.m. Um, Eastern time, which is 7 hours. So but while the game was starting, they said that there we had a million viewers. So I think that's amazing because that only shows that we had people there in the stadium, but people are watching all across. Jimmy Hanna says 1.2 million people watching. Yep. Uh, it was on ABC. It wasn't a great time slot. Um, everything was built uh, kind of to have a solid viewership, and it's a championship game. Um, so yeah. there are certain there are certain people that are like, eh, I hadn't watched any of this all year, but I am going to check this out and see. Um, but a good number, a good number. You know, I'm ready for season two already. Like I, I'm excited about the NFL season. I'm debating with myself. This is the first time in my life I've had the opportunity to purchase NFL Sunday ticket. I've never had the opportunity before. I've never had Directv, mm-hmm. but this year I can purchase. NFL Sunday ticket through YouTube uh, TV. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really debating about that. I'm trying to decide if I want to do that. I think I heard somewhere that they actually have an option where you can subscribe by team rather than the entire league. But I don't know if that's accurate. They they haven't rolled that out yet. If they do that, I I would love that. Um, But I'm I'm ready for the NFL season. Like, yeah, I want to see NFL football. Of course, but I'm already ready for season two of the XFL. Like, I think we're going to see some great things in San Antonio in football uh, over the next uh, month or over the next year. I think the Gunslingers are going to uh, challenge for the championship trophy. And then I think we're going to see the biggest improvement in the XFL next year is going to be our Brahmas. Um I just don't think anybody was happy with how things ended up last season. I saw a story that Heinz Ward is bought in on season two, already making plans, already moving forward on what to do season two wise. So yeah, let's get that done. I would just love it if they were here more. And maybe yeah, that's in the work. Maybe so. Bring San Antonio to Frisco. I we're we're good. We're good in San Antonio. <laughs> You're trying to drive around Frisco? Are you kidding me? No. 
traffic around Frisco is awful. I don't know if y'all know that. Uh, where did you see that? When I looked it up, NFL Sunday ticket in addition to a YouTube subscription. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, NFL Sunday ticket. Um, yeah, it's like $400, but I wish they'd well, break it up into like four was, payments. I'd do it, but I, I'm debating right now. So it was pretty expensive uh, on DirecTV as well. I want to say. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Over the area of 300 Um A little hack, though, for, for people – that no, I don't know if YouTube is going to carry on with this, which is, uh, I'm curious to see. I don't qualify for it anymore. Um, but um, if you are or happen to have a college student in your family, yes. then before, at least when it was on DirecTV, there was a college student uh, option because they could watch it remotely from their dorm room or whatever on their computer and only get the NFL ticket streamed. And it was much more affordable than getting it through the direct TV service. And me having a college students at the time, I right. took advantage of that option. Um, but unfortunately that's no longer the case in the Yamas household. But for those listening that might have or be college students, um, certainly Look into that. Well, I don't know if it's an option. It was with DirecTV. I'm I hate wondering to be if it the is bearer for YouTube. of bad news. Uh oh. I looked oh. into this because I now have a college freshman and I'm fixing to have another college freshman next year. So I looked into this because I was very excited. And uh, at this time, both YouTube and Google has said there are no plans for uh-huh. a student package. For oh wow, now they could they could change their mind. But at this time, there are no plans for a student package for NFL Sunday ticket. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Um, but the NFL is what it is. And we're going to have fun with NFL season and we're going to enjoy ourselves and we're going to love football because we love football. But I, I, I say all that to say, I almost want to like hurry up and let's get through that so that we can get to season two I can't, I can't of wait. the XFL. Like I'm Definitely ready to see to what that. happens. Um. Yeah, and then there's always the pirate option. Uh, James Palmer jumping in and saying, "I just get a jailbroke fire stick, and it's all free." Yeah, if you if you go that direction, that's one way to do it. Um, I've done some of that before myself uh, at one time, but um, I'd be willing to pay for it if they would just you know give me that student option, and I could uh, you know Courtney, I would pay for Courtney's subscription. Um, so that she could watch the, the football So games. that she could yes. watch the NFL. Right. Um, and if she's not watching it, then maybe I would watch it. You know, I don't know if there's a game that she's not watching. Maybe I'd watch it. Um, it was a good game. It was a great game. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, San Antonio showed up and showed out. I know I saw a lot of people that were like, oh, 22,000 is kind of, kind of low. And I, I think Some it was Some people solid. are never happy. Yep. Right. Well, I'll give I'm going to give credit where credit's due. San Antonio did show up and show out, but so did St. Louis, and so did Arlington, and so did DC. Right. Um, those guys. I mean, there was there were like I said, a very diverse fan base there, and for the first time in the tailgate, we were all bingled and mixed together, and we had a great time. And there was not, you know, there was some ribbing and some jabbing and cheering sure. and. And sure. a, a little competitiveness in there, but it was all in good fun. There was no ugliness, uh, at least that I witnessed. You know, there, there, there are you know exceptions always, 
but not so much here in San Antonio. We've got a great group of fans here, and it's a perfect place to host an event where you get people like that. And it was an XL family, and we there was even a picture taken with all the fan base groups together and kind of right. cheering, uh, cheering the XFL as a whole. Yeah, it was a great experience. I'm glad they chose San Antonio for the first year of it. We'll see if they do that again. Um, but I think it was just exactly what they wanted. Hey, I got a question for you. I've seen a ton of pictures of Dwayne Johnson at the game, but every single picture I have seen at him at that game, he looks mad. Have y'all noticed this? No. Like every picture I've seen of him, he has this angered expression on his face that I'm like, Am I missing something? Was there a story that I didn't catch about him being upset over something? Because every single one, um, like it would be one thing if it was like two or three of them, all they just caught him at a bad time. But even at the at the trophy presentation, I've seen some pictures there, and he just didn't, uh, yeah, didn't look happy. I don't know yeah. what was going on. I don't know. Pre-game, he seemed to be okay. He was he was meeting and talking to people, uh, both he and Danny, just right down below the section we were sitting in, and he was smiling there and talking to some people. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what happened over the course of the evening um, that possibly had him upset. Mo Ferrante is uh, saying that she agrees with you. <laughs> he looked angry, and then quickly moved the camera away from him. When that happened, so ooh, interesting. Well, I do know that he was shaking the hand of the, the that little boy that I can't remember his name, shaking his hand and kind of talking to him for a minute or two. So he mm -hmm. looked happy then. I don't know. I think Philip froze again. You're gonna call? Yeah, this yeah, he's having the frozen episode. Oh, yeah, the, the frozen, frozen episode. episode. <laughs> Jordan says no one could smell what the Rock was cooking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm sure um you know overall the XFL had to be had to be happy, happy and excited yeah. with with how how things went. Um whenever you're putting on a production this big and this important, you know, there's always going to be something that doesn't go according to plan. There's always going to be some kind of hitch uh within the planning and maybe something that was supposed to happen didn't go down a certain way and and he may have been caught in a moment or a couple of moments where where he was concerned with that. I, I don't know. We don't know um, not being behind the scenes, but the production value of the, of the championship game as a, as a fan there and on the, on the uh, broadcast, I think it was excellent. I think um, it was uh, very good. So I, I think uh, the XFL uh, has a lot to be proud of with this first season and the success of uh, completing that first season and their championship game. Um, and all I, every XFL fan that I know and that I've talked to, uh, they're very much looking forward to season two and there's going to be I a am. season two. So, I mean, yeah, even better. What, what more can you, uh, uh, yeah, ask as far as that? Yeah. <laughs> James Palmer says Vince called and wanted the XFL back. Maybe and he's nope, trying to take it, <laughs> trying to take it back from, <laughs> from Dwayne. No, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's happen. not happening. No. Yeah, as Mo says, yes, so ready for season two. You know, um, it, it hurt, it stung. I joked around with Philip earlier in the show when he said, you know, it didn't even matter that the Brahmas weren't in the game. I said, oh no, it mattered. 
It mattered. It stung as a Brahmas fan to go to this game knowing that we were so close to having an opportunity to actually be in the game and watch our Brahmas there. And, and, and we, we didn't get that opportunity. Um, instead, Arlington came in. And I think it makes you feel a little bit better that the team that squeaked our team out as a Brahmas fan, if you're a Brahmas fan, I know a lot of not Brahmas fans follow and watch the show and are on right now. But as a Brahmas fan, I think it made me feel a little bit better that the team that was in the playoffs in our stead, that they're the ones that had the Cinderella story and came back and, and, and defied the odds and won the championship. Um, I would have been even more upset if Arlington had gone in and played a stinker in Houston and got blown away. And then we had, you know, Houston and DC in the championship game. Cause then I would have been like, yeah, you know, the Brahmas could have, you know, had a shot there. They, they could have represented themselves like, so much dang, better. We could have done better than that. Yeah. 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 For sure. It was a great game. Uh, but XFL season is officially over. It's done. Um, Oh, Robert Rankin says, Romo makes that field goal and the Renegades aren't XFL champions. You know what I thought was interesting when we talked to Brian last week Mm -hmm. is he said they purposely did not play to their full potential in that final game of the season when they lost to Houston because they didn't need to. They knew they They were in already. They knew they were in and they didn't need to show Houston anything. So you got to wonder, do they play a little harder and maybe win that game in Houston and go instead of San Antonio, even though we won a game, who knows it's all in the books now. And that's not the way it happened. And we just got to look towards season two and that's what what it is. But between now and season two, don't put your football fandom away. Nope. Because the gunslingers are still here. They are 4-0 now. I think they've got a real good shot of coming into the Freeman Coliseum here in a week and a half at 5-0. And then we get to have them for four straight games. What more could you want? You you complained, San Antonio football fans, that the Brahmas were not a good football team, so you didn't want to waste your time on that. Okay, I just... Mm-hmm. But using your uh oh frozen. I think we got another frozen episode here. But I'll finish <laughs> his thought. Okay. okay. I'm still you here. People okay, good. This. Uh here's a good football team. Now support that. If yes. if you were one of those people like I can't support that trash, fine. You're wrong, but fine. Here's a good football team. You gonna support that? Because I bet you're not. I bet you're going to give me a different excuse. I bet you're going to give me another excuse. But here's a good one. Go support that. 8,000. Let's get 8,000 in the Freeman Coliseum. Make 28. Just do it. Blow the Jacksonville Jaguars out of the building as soon as they walk on the field. They go, uh-uh. I don't want any of this. Uh, let's get through this game fast and get back on the bus or back on the plane. I don't want to deal with any of this. Um, let's make it a big deal. A military appreciation. We are military city USA. Um, let's make a big deal of them coming to town. And Hey, a few of you head out there to Odessa, uh, and certainly come to the watch party 
and support your gunslingers. We'll watch them go five and zero. Oh. You know, you know what? I wish we could play the Warbirds for colors because it annoys me that their uniforms yeah. are so. Yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, I really like the uniforms. I don't like the uniforms, and that type of football fan. But their uniforms are so similar to the look and color of of ours, and I feel like we were here in the NAL first. And yeah. it's like, come up with your own look, guys. You know, so. I wish we could play them for the rights to that and say, you know, okay, time to change, <laughs> okay. your, change your colors, guys. <laughs> yeah, we won this year. You've got to pick a different color to that. Different, different like colors. That. Well, they say imitation uh, is what the greatest uh, flattery. Yeah, the greatest form of flattery. Yes. Yeah, I have a feeling they were probably that same color scheme for some time now. You know, they come, they came from another. They league. were. And they I were. do remember them having the same. And the logo loans itself to the red, white, and blue, you know, sure. with the uh, uh, the military, so the but Warbird still. emblem. But still. But still. But still. That's our thing. Yeah. We were and here the, first. The, the uniform design is actually very similar. So that's going to yeah. be uh, that's gonna be uh, some getting used to when we first watch uh, watch that game. Like, yes, their logo is nice, Michael Wayne Davis. He told me it's at the watch party he likes that logo. It's cool. It's very odd in the NAL that so many teams have similar color schemes. Jacksonville and Orlando are both black and red. Um, and then West Texas and San Antonio are both red, white, and blue. It's just, it's one of those, a, a league that is accepting teams, not creating teams. Uh, right. So they, they can't diversify that as much, um, but it does look kind of odd that you have so many teams they kind of look like each other um, in a way. Well, we're excited about the Gunslingers as they attempt to go 5-0 against the West Texas Warbirds. And we're excited, uh, gearing up already for Season 2 of San Antonio Brahma's football. Why? Because when it comes to professional football in the Alamo City, whether it's the 50-yard fight or the 100-yard variety, if it's a NAL game in the arena or the XFL championship game. When it comes to professional football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.